Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I hope you're having a beautiful day, evening, wherever it is. And today I'm going to answer a few questions on love and relationship. And the reason I'm doing this is because my last live virtual group coaching session in February around Valentine's Day was on love and relationship. And I co-hosted it with Stephanos. We didn't get to all the questions that were in the chat, so I promised the people on the call that I would answer those questions, and I thought a lot of you may benefit from the answers as well. So I wanted to turn it into a little bit of a coach's corner. And if you want to join me for my next live group virtual coaching call, the, the subject is going to be on confidence. So I'm going to be talking about what confidence really means because I think that we misinterpret what confidence is and how to step into it. So I'm going to teach you how to remove the blocks to confidence, how to really understand what confidence is, and how to feel more confident by really embodying confidence. So if you want to join me for that, it's only $20. Just go to christinehasler.com slash group. I also do live one-on-one coaching in that. So it's your opportunity to get coached by me live in a smaller group setting. And if your question doesn't necessarily have to do with confidence, but you're just struggling with something in life and you want to come and learn and have the chance to be coached by me, go ahead and register. And don't worry if you can't join us live, the call is recorded and sent to you. And I'll also be sharing a really amazing confidence meditation with you. So I'm going to dive right into these questions. Okay. And I'm not going to share the full first name. I'll just share the initial because I want to protect the privacy of the people who registered for that group call. So the first question is from a K name and she writes, 2018 was a doozy. No excuses, but I'm up maybe 20 pounds. I'm growing so much from life and I'm truly ready to take off. I'm in the midst of a divorce after my husband leaving me last April. I'm taking care of the family. From a financial standpoint, I'm on a reset. Sometimes it feels like I've gone backwards after reaching so much success in corporate America. My son is greatly affected by the divorce as well as the challenges I face with my oldest daughter and at times my little one. I have three children, 21, 11, and five. I face a ton of adversity in life. So I've built a thick skin. I'm grateful for all the character built, but I'm ready to come up from air. So ready to release. I really, really hear you on that. And sometimes the frustration and the anticipation of wanting things to change can be a block. So one of the biggest lessons I have learned in growing is that the first law of spirit, the first law of consciousness, if we want to say it that way, is acceptance. So coming into an acceptance and a sense of peace with the cocoon. So if you think about a butterfly, the metamorphosis of a butterfly, they start as a caterpillar, they emerge as a butterfly, but they go into this cocoon where it's like, oh, uncomfortable and tough and challenging, but they're actually changing. And in the cocoon, the caterpillar that's becoming the butterfly isn't just thinking, I want to be a butterfly. I want to be a butterfly. I want to be a butterfly. It's accepting the cocoon because without the acceptance of the cocoon, it can't really do what it needs to do in the cocoon. So I understand when we feel ready. I mean, I was ready for a partner four years before Stephanos came into my life. And I'm like, ah, where is he? I'm so ready. However, my biggest lesson was surrendering and really accepting. So accept where you are right now. You may feel ready to take off. 
However, if things aren't really lifting yet, there's more to learn in the cocoon. Okay, the next question is from an M name. Most recent, my most recent lover was still married when we were together. He was separated, but then after four months of an epic romance and planning a future, he ended up having sex with her again. Fast forward, we have hooked up twice since. He lives five hours away, and now the ex-wife has moved out and gone on with her life. And he is saying he isn't ready yet ready for us for more. Yet last year he was, and I feel in limbo. I've never met someone I couldn't let go of. I feel so tangled up and it's affecting every part of my life. Help. Okay. So when we have that kind of obsessive love, that love that feels like a drug, almost that addiction love, basically that usually is a flag that it's an issue-based relationship. And if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard me talk about issue-based relationships before. It's when sort of your childhood wounding and that person's childhood wounding are coming together, or basically your childhood wounding is incredibly triggered by that person. So I would guess in this person's case, this M name's case, there's probably a history of feeling not chosen, uh, feeling not enough of not really getting the attention that you really longed for from mother or most likely father. And so this person, this kind of unattainable, unavailable, because even if someone's separated, if there's recently out of a marriage, they're really not available. (laughs) They haven't really done the work to release that. So there's a part of you that is going after that unavailable part because it's trying to bring your awareness to an old wound that really needs to heal and you need to come back and love inside yourself and know that no external person can ease that wound, right? We, we tend to look for the love we didn't get from our parents in our romantic partners. And then the other thing I would say is look to where there is an unavailable part of you. So when I was going through a time of attracting emotionally unavailable men, I had to look at where am I unavailable? And there was a part of me that was a little unavailable because I was still scared. I was scared of getting hurt. I was scared of losing love. I was scared of a lot of things. And so how I was unavailable was, you know, I'd still show up vulnerably, but I had guards up. I had walls up. So we always want to look at where the lesson is in terms of who this person is reminding us of, like what feeling it's bringing forward. And then we also want to look inside ourselves. So the issue is not him. I would highly suggest cutting off connection with this person and just know if you're meant to be together, he'll do his work to heal. You'll do your work to heal and you'll come back together. But right now you're just in an addiction pattern. You're in an issue-based pattern. And quite frankly, that chemistry may be strong, but in terms of the actual love and the healthiness and the consciousness of this connection, mm, I'd bet against it. Okay. Next question is from another M name. I'm single and 32 and want to be in a relationship. I'm sad when I see others in relationship and think what's wrong with me. I don't want to play the victim and come from this space anymore because I know there is nothing wrong with me. How can I move past this? Okay. My podcast that's coming out Wednesday will definitely help with this because I talk a lot about calling in a partner and not comparing yourself to other people. The thing is there's, you have a judgment here, M name, that because you're not in relationship, that makes you unworthy. And this is very common among women. There's a conditioning that when we get proposed to, when someone asks us to marry them, we are chosen. We are then valuable. And if you go back in time, women were basically sold as property. That's what marriage was. One of the reasons marriage 
kind of was invented as a construct was so women could be sold as property. So there's still in our unconscious this misunderstanding that we have no value unless we're selected by a man. So I really encourage you to do the self-forgiveness around buying into that belief and really look to your worth and your value as your birthright and lean into your relationship with your higher power, whatever that is. There is nothing wrong with you. And you probably, the universe is probably keeping you single so that you don't give your power away in relationship. It really wants you to get a name that you are valuable, you are worthy, and you don't need anyone to prove that. And once you really stand in that self-worth, you're going to attract a partner who really treats you with the respect that you deserve. So it's an inside job. Next question from an E name, another female. I'm almost 30 and up until last week had never made it past three dates with any of the guys I've dated. I'm currently dating someone. We've been on five dates so far and discussed the other night that we're ready to move into the next phase of our relationship and date seriously. However, it's clear to both of us we're not on the same page in terms of the physical intimate aspect of our relationship. Any tips on this as we move forward? Well, you know, I'd have to ask you a few more questions, um, but the, the physical intimate aspect of a relationship, especially a romantic relationship is a really, really important part. And from my point of view, that's a big part of the foundation of what keeps couples together is that this is what separates us from friends. You know, the thing that, you know, separates a couple from a platonic relationship is the physical intimate relationship. And from my point of view, there's so many aspects to the intimate relationship and to the sexual relationship between people. There's just the pure pleasure part that's that's amazing and part of our human experience. There's the vulnerability and the trust and the sacredness of that. There's the joy in pleasing your other partner. And then there's also using sex as a spiritual experience and taking your partner to God. So I'd encourage you to get a little more clear with that person, like where you're not on the same page. And if it's something you can look at as like, ooh, this is kind of a sexy challenge and where can we grow? There is chemistry here. Where can we lean in? Where can I lean in? Where can you lean in? Not where can you sacrifice, but where can you lean in? Where can you compromise a little bit? Where can you create something new and get creative about it? Then great. But if both of you are kind of stuck in what you want and you're not willing to get creative on about it and you're not willing to explore, then my concern is this relationship could go platonic. And, you know, in the beginning, there's kind of that oxytocin and those great bonding hormones, but that will wear off if you don't have that, that passion and that chemistry. It's, it's possible. I have seen in people that the chemistry wasn't there at first, but they kept leaning in, they kept leaning in, they kept taking down walls and then boom, it's like fireworks. So it's definitely possible, but you have to be willing to get outside of your comfort zone, not do anything that compromises your values, but get outside of your comfort zone, be creative and be playful with it. You can't, when it comes to physical intimacy and sex, you can't be super serious. You know, and I'd also recommend resources like, like Tantra. There are so many teachers that teach embodied sexuality and Tantra, and maybe it's dance lessons, you know, get creative, explore. Next question from an S name. I've been vulnerable in past relationships with boyfriends and friends and was met with rejection and pain. These experiences make me afraid to speak my truth in future relationships. I'm now taking the time to heal these wounds and get clarity on what I truly want in a partner, but how much time will I need? When will I know if it's safe? Okay. So Here's the thing about being vulnerable and being met with rejection and pain. 
it's not so much that the person is rejecting you. It's that they're not comfortable with vulnerability. So in the dating process, we, you know, part of the dating process is to evaluate if we're a fit. And this happened to me a lot. I, you know, after first, second, third dates, when it was kind of light and fun, I'd start asking the deeper questions and I'd start being more vulnerable. I wouldn't like vulnerably vomit all over the place. However, I started to create that invitation. And often it was met with distance. It was met with ghosting or it was met with pushback. And I took that personally for a while because rejection is my avoidance trap. It's one of my core things that I have really had to crawl out of. But eventually I started to understand from more of a spiritual perspective that it really was because they weren't ready to have that level of vulnerability inside themselves. And so them going away was just their soul letting my soul know, hey, I'm not really ready to go here. Thanks for the invitation, but I'm RSVP, no. So they weren't rejecting me. They were rejecting the invitation to go deeper inside themselves. And we have to give people the dignity of their process and understand that if someone's not willing to meet us at the depth and vulnerability that we require, then it's probably not a match. So I'd encourage you, S-Name, to, to get back out there and to keep opening your heart and to keep sharing and just knowing that you keep putting that invitation out there. And if you're met, you know, even if people take little steps, that's wonderful. And if you're not met, just know it's not rejection, but keep that heart open. You know, it's interesting. I am speaking at Lori Harder's Bliss Project this weekend. And a year ago, I spoke there as well. And I got up on stage and I was talking about keeping your heart open. And I had just gotten back from Australia. And from my point of view, got rejected by someone that I was seeing there. And my heart just hurt because my hopes got up and I was excited. And, and you know, I talked about how I'm going to keep my heart open. I'm not going to experience it as a rejection. I'm really going to see it as rejection is protection. This person wasn't ready to meet me at the depths that I really yearn for. And what was it? Three months later, April, May, no, March, April. Yeah. Two months later, I saw Stephanos's face on a computer screen and we connected. And if I had kept my heart closed, like if I had said, well, it's not safe for me to be vulnerable, then I wouldn't have met him. And I've always, and it brings tears in my eyes to think about, like, I'm so safe to be vulnerable with him and keeping my heart open. Even though I thought closing my heart would be protective, keeping my heart open is what drew in the depth and the love that I want to share with someone. So keep that heart open, sweetheart. Okay. Last two questions I'm going to blend together. They are both from L names. Any tips for how to call on your partner? Did you get exhausted and despondent in the waiting? So to the, both of these questions, again, listen to my episode coming out on Wednesday. I talk a lot about how I called in Stephanos and yeah, sometimes I did get exhausted and sometimes I did get despondent in the waiting and I just leaned into that. I accepted that. And I took the advice I give to so many of you up. Uh, I became my own best partner to myself. And so I really, in those moments where I felt exhausted and despondent, I would cry. I would curl up with my panda bear. I have a panda bear that I got the day I was born from my father. I would call on my higher powers. I have a connection to Jesus. That's a guide for me. And his presence feels very soothing to me. So I'd call that in and I'd imagine my partner, I have a big kind of body pillow and sometimes I just curl up with it. So I didn't put on this, like, I got to be tough and I got to be super happy being single. 
you know, I don't think being the best partner to ourselves means we ignore sometimes that we have a longing and we have a desire and we have a hopelessness that comes up sometimes. And we have a, where the heck is this person? And we just meet that with just such honor and such acceptance. And we just love ourselves and soothe ourselves through those moments and those times. All right, everybody. I hope that was helpful to you. I also want to tell you that my next retreat is coming up and it's in Hawaii and it is open to men, women, and couples. I'm so excited to be opening it up to men as well. I think there's so much healing that's going on between the masculine and feminine externally and internally. I did a great post with some wolves last week about masculine and feminine on Instagram. If you want to go back and check that out, if you'd like to apply to join us in Hawaii, we only have 30 spots. It's in September. It's also my birthday. So it'll be a great celebration for us all. You can go to christinehasser.com slash Hawaii. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. If you have questions you want me to answer on the show or you want to be coached on the show, please email assist at christinehasler.com. Sending you much love and many blessings. Until next time, everyone.